Chief Nurse Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Captain Curls up in the head. Mutiny Radio Festival, ahoy! Ah, very good. Ah, very good, Legless Joe. I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs. It's to get ready. Crew, the festival is upon us. Scurry Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics. You're looking good, Scurvy Steve. Glad the scurvy hasn't taken you. Aye, aye, Captain. You, no liver Mary, how many venues? We've got nine venues, sir. And you, boy, what's your name? Very good. And finally, Eleven Fingers Sally. What about the tickets? You can find all of your tickets on Eventbrite, sir. Check out www.mutinyradio.fm. What is that? I don't know what a website is. I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> But f- f- quick to the festival! All sails ahead! Uh, Pirate noises! Ambiance. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Homely Patrick O. Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. Going two to five dollars.
Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave. Who caught and sang the sun in flight And learned too late they grieved it on its way Do not go gentle into that good night Brave men near death Who see with blinding sight Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay Rage, rage against the dying of the light and you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, 
rage against the dying of the light. Well, I was thumbing through my wallet just the other day, and well, I came to a certain spot, and I could have swore I heard someone say, Hey, I'm your union card. Don't you forget about me. I listened to this story. I just see if you don't agree. Well, you may not know it, but I do a lot for you. I protect your benefits and all your wages too. I might even keep you from getting fired. Praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Could have been a face, I could have been a master charge. Don't worry about your money as long as I'm on guard. Just praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Could have been the old maid Could have been the rooker Could have been the ace of spades Living in your wallet Here it sure is hard But praise the Lord I'm a union card Praise the Lord I'm a union card Could have been a face Could have been a master charge Don't worry about your money As long as I'm on guard Just praise the Lord I'm a union card. I'm a postal worker who delivers mail for you. I'm a textile worker and I work on airplanes too. I'm carrying my millions over near and far. Just praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Could have been a visa, could have been a master charge. Your money as long as I'm on guard. Just praise the Lord, I'm a union card. Praise the Lord, I'm a union card. They say everything can be replaced They say every distance is not near Every man. 
must fall. So I swear I see my reflection somewhere inside these walls. I see my life come shine. Understands a man in this lonely crowd. Man who says he's not to blame. All day long I hear him hollering so loud. Just crying out that he's not to blame. From Texas to Dakota On top of this horrid Endless depression A drought of all droughts Of topsoil dried out That's Bull's song. We uh, had quite a stirring lead into our show. This is the Labor and Love Show, by the way. You're tuned to Mutiny Radio. And we're coming out at you from the very heart of the mission, 2781 21st Street, corner of 21st and Florida. Mutiny Radio is also the headquarters of the underground comedy movement. Comics can come here and test out their chops, develop their routines, while other comics watch them. Okay, so we started out with the Prophets of Rage. Hello. Grandfather. And Dylan Thomas, the British poet, 
regaled us with do not go gentle into that good night. And then the union card. I'm a union card. I'm not a, a charge card. As long as you got your union card, your money's safe, huh? And Nina Simone finished us off. Her version of I Shall Be Released. It's pointed attention to the plight of the Palestinians who are living in that place called Java. A little more about that later on. Um... This is Labor and Love Radio, and if you don't know who we are, this is the show where we talk about labor, about working people in their lives, about their history, about their campaigns, about the attempts of working people through the ages to make their lives better by direct action. So come on down every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I'm looking right now for our credos. These are things we believe on this show and promote. And uh, listen up. See if you believe it. Lawrence Ferlinghetti writes, Pity the nation whose people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars, whose sages are asylums, whose bigots haunt the airwaves. Pity the nation that raises not its voice except to praise conquerors and acclaim the bully as hero, quote-unquote, Israeli state, and aims to rule the world by force and by torture. Pity the nation that knows no other language but its own, no other culture but its own. Pity the nation whose breath is money and sleeps the sleep of the too well-fed. Pity the nation, oh, pity the people who allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. My country, tears of thee, weep for our So that was by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Here's R- Robert Reich. Your remain- reminder that the richest 1%, the richest 1% own half of the stock market. The richest 10% almost own almost all of it, 92%. So when Trump brags about the stock market, he's not talking about the economy that 90% of Americans inhabit. Trump or anybody of his ilk who comes from his world. Stock market is a way to get us put our money into the giant game and of course we put it in without knowing 
the forces that are affecting it. Can I tell you a secret, says Jesse Minley. I don't even care if there are undocumented immigrants in this country. Without Social Security numbers, they're not privy to the welfare that people claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, deport the illegals bullshit, is just the 1% convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing that the reason they're all poor is due to the vast income inequality and resource price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. Please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. See what else we got. So you're just not that into politics. I'm at a party, right? Or I'm talking to somebody. You're not, and they say, "Oh, okay. I don't. Let's not talk about politics." I'm just not that into politics. Well, this is a reminder. Your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. Time to get into politics. Worse with your people. Oh, I'm I'm just not that into politics. Time to get involved. Time to get into politics. Here's the French writer George Sand. This is about keeping our anger. Humanity is outraged in me and with me. Let's not dissimulate or try to forget that indignation, which is one of the most passionate forms of love. Does it make you mad when you look around and you see how working people are treated? Okay, well, those are some of our credos, and uh, hopefully you share some or all of them with us. What do we got on the show today? Website Anti-Work, very interesting website. You might uh, consult it, because it's people writing about their experiences on the job. And while we talk about labor history and we talk about labor campaigns. We perhaps don't talk enough about actual on-the-job experiences and why so many working people are so mad and why more than half the workers were asked, 58% said they would join a labor union tomorrow if they had a chance. 
but didn't mean they'd lose their jobs. Just cause another lesson from labor school about what your rights are on the job in terms of just cause. The uh, ruling class, the owning class, wants to be able to dismiss us any time for any reason. In fact, I remember one principal who fired a teacher, a new young teacher, for no reason at all. He didn't have to give any reason. This young woman was very, very capable. Oh, she got another job later, but it's on the job where the hammer comes down. UAW has come to an agreement with Ford Motors. Hear about that from horses. Radio Labor, of course, our worldwide labor report. Remember, all around the world, you're not alone. Day of the Dead, celebrating the dead. Who was Joe Hill? Who was Lucy Parsons? Out. Okay. Let's get started then. We'll get started with Radio Labor. Radio Labor leads us to Solidarity News. This is a group of people who try to and do very well be a clearinghouse for labor activity all around the world. If you get a chance, read, look at their website, Radio Labor. Okay. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, October 28, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, why whistleblowers are crucial to saving quality public services. More teachers are needed so climate change can be confronted. The Labor Start report about union events and singing. Union, Grandpa, Union, Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? What you do? Union, Grandpa, Union, Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? This is Radio Labor. Whistleblowing is one of the most crucial tools that can be used to ensure that public services are performed correctly. A whistleblower is a person, often an employee, who reveals information about activity within a public or private organization that is deemed illegal or immoral, illicit, unsafe, or fraudulent. The importance of protecting whistleblowers was highlighted at a recent conference organized by the International Labor Organization. The ILO is the UN agency focused on matters of work in the world. Delegates who participated in the conference were interviewed by media officers from Public Services International. 
The PSI represents 30 million public sector workers in 154 countries. One of the conference delegates who was interviewed was Krista Devine, the General Counsel and Branch Director for the Public Service Alliance of Canada, the PSAC. I think the primary challenge for public servants wanting to come forward when they see wrongdoing is they need to have confidence in the process that, uh, that is available to them to bring forward those, those um, problems, um, illegal activities, sometimes uh, public health threats, issues of national security, and they need to have uh, confidence that those institutions uh, will treat them fairly and that they will not be subject to reprisals. I think the most effective legislative schemes are those that provide for uh, effective interim relief to protect um, those who come forward and that uh, ensure that the burden of proof is not so unwieldy that they end up in litigation for years, if not decades, and lose their uh, living as, as a result. I think the most critical piece is that we move beyond speaking uh, to the value of whistleblower protection without providing effective frameworks. Uh, the experience in my own country is that we've had legislation in place for uh, 16 years now, and there's been very little reporting. In fact, reporting has been decreased, and those that come forward are not protected. I think we need to take this opportunity to learn from those countries that have put in more effective measures, particularly to protect whistleblowers as they come forward, to ensure that issues of public interest are brought forward and the um, public sector uh, goals are met. In Canada, it's uh, shocking when you actually look beneath the facade of the public sector uh, disclosure protections. In fact, uh, when you look at the various departments that have developed mechanisms for folks to come forward, you'll see that annual, annually no one is coming forward, and as time has passed, fewer and fewer people are coming forward. And the Public Sector Integrity Commissioner uh, himself has recently reported that there's growing cynicism around uh, the uh, protections available to whistleblowers. There is unanimity that there is wrongdoing, but there is also great cynicism in coming forward to address those problems in the public service. Another delegate who participated in the ILO conference on whistleblowers was Michael Tull. Mr. Tull is Assistant National Secretary of Australia's Community and Public Sector Union, the CPSU. A key gap and a crucial gap for all of us is that whistleblowers or people who are thinking about being whistleblowers don't have protections and rights to get advice from a trade union. And we know from the research, we know from the Australian experience and from the international research that this is a crucial point. Where people can get advice from their trade union, they feel more confident and capable about making a disclosure if they need to do it. And if they do make a disclosure, they're much, uh, they are safer and more likely to be successful and not suffer reprisals. So one of the key things that I've come to this meeting for is to make the case and make the argument that in a future global standard, it must identify and address that particular point. Workers should have the right, a protected right, to get advice and support from their union when they, when they are considering being a whistleblower. Teachers globally recognize the urgency of transforming education systems to respond to the climate crisis. 
That is Johanna Yara Ostrand, a vice president of Education International's executive board representing the European region. She is also the president of the Swedish Teachers Union. Education International, EI, is the global union which represents 33 million teachers and other education workers around the world. Ms. Yara Ostran was speaking at a recent EI conference in support of the Global Union's Teach for the Planet campaign. We are faced with an existential crisis, like we had a battle for our lives. And the education sector must play its role in the struggle to protect both the current and future generations and sustain our planet. By taking a lifelong learning approach from early childhood education to adult and higher education, learners will be empowered to contribute to solutions. With our global Teach for the Planet campaign, teachers have been calling for immediate reforms to ensure that education systems are fit for purpose in the context of the climate emergency. Already, Children, students, teachers and communities, especially girls, people with disabilities, indigenous peoples and those in countries who have contributed the least to causing climate change are being severely impacted. The effects of climate change, such as heat waves, floods and extreme weather events are threatening students' right to quality education and teachers' right to decent working conditions. Our manifesto on quality climate change education for all outlines a vision where all education institutions are safe, climate resilient and sustainable. Every student receives quality education in the context of climate crisis through well-funded public education systems that prioritize climate education in curricula, teacher training and policy, and that every teacher is supported and enabled to teach for climate action, providing students with skills, knowledge and attitudes to live sustainably, adapt to climate uh, impacts and hold policymakers accountable to reduce carbon emissions and center climate justice. We are therefore thrilled about the development of the Greening Education Partnership. This is a unique opportunity for governments to commit to bold comprehensive action to make their education systems climate smart. And on behalf of, the teach of teachers across all regions, I urge every government here today to commit to the partnership and earmark the necessary resources to enable green education. One crucial component of the partnership is to commit to building teachers' capacity and readiness to teach for climate action. This is critical. A recent EI UNESCO survey showed that approximately 90% of nearly 60,000 teachers surveyed believed it was important to teach about the severity of climate change, but only 40% felt confidence to teach about the topic. And to provide quality education in the context of the climate crisis, teachers of all subjects and grades need quality training for climate education, both through pre-service and professional development opportunities. Teachers also need the enabling conditions and support 
to provide climate education. This includes quality teaching and learning resources, opportunities for collaboration and innovation, professional autonomy and time. In Sweden, we have several examples of teachers who use their spare time to develop teaching materials and pedagogical tools to contribute to the collegial learning and knowledge for climate education. I mean, it's wonderful that teachers take the lead in developing teaching and resources, but it would be even better if government guaranteed time for teachers to develop climate education with colleagues as part of their job within working times. You can find more information about EI's Teach for the Planet campaign at ei-ie.org. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week our top story section included links to coverage of the ways in which Australian footballers and their union are trying to draw attention to labour and other human rights violations in Qatar in the lead-up to the World Cup. Strikes by Iranian workers in a broad range of industries as they move to support anti-regime protesters and calls for an end to attacks on labor rights defenders in the Philippines. We also carried news of the nurses' strike in New Zealand, the persecution of the head of the Fiji Trade Unions Congress, and how Sri Lankan workers are responding to skyrocketing inflation. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about how the new Australian federal budget will impact working women, a safety strike by South African nurses, and the graduation of the first class of women welders from a union-sponsored training program in the Philippines. A small sample of the stories appearing on our Health and Safety page in Newswire this week includes the toll that workplace violence is having on Canadian healthcare workers, the monumental corruption that is largely responsible for the deaths of hundreds of workers at the Qatar World Cup construction site, and more union reactions to the deaths of 41 Turkish miners. Our current photo of the week is of Guatemalan union members risking their lives by marching to demand an end to attacks on trade unionists, including the assassination of prominent labor activists. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week we'd like to highlight an urgent appeal for online solidarity with trade union activists in Turkey, where workers at a tobacco products factory who were sacked en masse when they joined a union affiliated with the DISC, Central Labor Federation. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in this struggle by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of this and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Australia's Victorian Trade Union Choir with You Knew, Grandpa, You Knew. Now here are 
song from 2013. We hope it's getting through to you. Why did your pal stay so dirty? How come you didn't just renew? You left your museum to a bus while you just flew and flew and flew. You chose a funny way to love us to leave a greenhouse warming room. You knew, Grandpa, you knew, Grandpa. So tell me, what did you do? Tell me what you do. You knew, Grandma, you knew, Grandma. So tell me, what did you do? You knew you really couldn't hack it to make the change when it was due. And now it's gonna cost a packet to fix what you neglected to. And that's it, Labour News You Can Use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net.
Daddy. You do not do, you do not do any more black shoe in which I have lived like a foot for thirty years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe or hurt you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. You died before I had time, marble heavy, a bag full of God, ghastly statue with one gray toe big as a Frisco seal, and a head in the freakish Atlantic, where it pours bean green over blue in the waters off beautiful Nosset. I used to pray to recover you, ach du, in the German tongue in the Polish town, scraped flat by the roller of wars, wars, wars. But the name of the town is common. My Polak friend says there are a dozen or two. So I never could tell where you put your foot, your root, I never could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It's stuck in a barbed wire snare. Eeh, 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 eeh. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you. And the language obscene, an engine, an engine, chuffing me off like a Jew. A Jew to Dachau, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may well be a Jew. The snows of the Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna, are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my tarok pack and my tarok pack, I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you, with your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo, and your neat moustache and your Aryan eye, bright blue. Panzerman, Panzerman, oh you, not God, but a swastika, so black no sky could squeak through. Every woman adores a fascist, the boot in the face, the brute, brute heart of a brute like you. You stand at the blackboard, Daddy, in the picture I have of you, a cleft in your chin instead of your foot. But no less a devil for that, no not any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. I was ten when they buried you. At twenty I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought even the bones would do. But they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. And then I knew what to do. I made a model of you, a man in black with a Mein Kampf look and a love of the rack and the screw, and I said, I do, I do. So, Daddy, I'm finally through. The black telephone's off at the root. The voices just can't worm through. If I've killed one man, I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year, seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart, and the villagers never liked you. They are dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard, I'm through. That was Sylvia Plath, of course. <clears throat> Confronting fascism in all its forms, among other things. 
Before that, we had Santana with a beautiful, breezy song about how everything's coming our way. If we stay together, that'll happen. Before that, we had You Knew, Daddy, You Knew, You Knew, Grandpa, You Knew. People who know what's going on, like today, like now. We're confronting or confronted by an act of pure villainy, pure evil. Let me read uh, what I mean. At this point in their lives, the Palestinians who live in Gaza are confronted by overwhelming, overwhelming military power. The citizens there, the people are basically defenseless. They can't go anywhere and they can't stay where they are. And I remember yesterday the U.S. ambassador, one of the U.S. officials dealing with the Israeli government said, oh, I wish I could tell you that it's going to be all right. I wish I could tell you that no one will die. I wish I could tell you that children, children will not die. Are his children going to die? Somebody else's children. And for all of us, there's this terrible moment of complicity during which we all wait and watch as Netanyahu readies the slaughter. Are we powerless? Think of the Palestinians. The Palestinians are fish in a barrel. They can't get out and they can't stay where they are. Israel said, everyone leave Gaza. Okay. They can't get out and they can't stay where they are except at the risk of their lives. <clears throat> Beatty's finger is on the trigger. Yes, our president calls him Beatty. Benjamin Netanyahu, even Jews, Israelis admit, is a murderer, deranged. We all know that in the next few days, y'all, as soon as the invasion begins, children will be murdered when women who are alive today will be tortured and raped and men, young and old, will be killed without the slightest provocation. Like the moment in 1942, when a Nazi animal Einhard Heydrich was slain by Czech freedom fighters. And the SS got together and considered revenge. Revenge was to murder all the men, sell all the women into slavery, and kill all the children. 
We all sit and watch, fascinated and ghoulish. Where are the inner next intellectual? Where are the intellectuals who are trying to analyze the background of the revolution? We're being asked no, demanded to believe that Hamas fighters came out of nothing but hate for no reason. And that the ripoff of Arab land never happened. Years and the 75 years of subjection and theft and murder Get ready for the blood. The fact that there is a moment of consideration of how many will die and how it will happen makes it worse. And worst of all, Hamas has won. Rivers of blood will flow on and on and on into the future. There will be no peace for generations to all left over. Have you noticed? All these crises are left over from World War II. When the state of North and South Vietnam, North and South Korea, were formed because the leaders didn't know what else to do. They didn't know how to solve a problem. Oh, the Jews have a homeland. Well, they had it pretty hard in World War II. Six million were killed, yes. Well, let's give them some land. Who? Nobody wants to give any of their land. How about the Palestinians? How about Egypt, the homeland? How about Gaza, how about the homeland of the Jewish people, according to their book? Nobody wants that. Let's give them that. That's what they did. And the British protected Israeli killers who, who tried to clear out ethnic cleanse. Palestine. Jews want homeland. Europe feels guilty. Okay, let's give them one. Who cares about Palestinians? They're only 93% of the population. Sooner or later, they'll give up. And so it goes. In the Western press, so it goes. And worst of all, as I said, Hamas will win. Terrible moment. Okay, we have good news from the labor front. Let's get on to that. The UAW has announced a tentative agreement with Ford Motor Company after being 41 days on strike.
not coming through. Search here. Okay. How about writer's strike? Let's see what's happening with that. Radio Labor, done. Labor History in 2. UAW and its tentative agreement. Hollywood Strike. Months-long actor strike has wreaked havoc on Hollywood. Thousands are out of work. Productions have been put on hold and numerous industries have been affected, costing the California economy over $5 billion. Okay, well, of course, first things first. What's it costing the movie moguls? Hollywood studios and streamers return to the bargaining table with SAG AFTRA union that represents over 150,000 actors. Friday for what is their third round of meetings this week. These negotiations come after talks publicly fell apart two weeks ago between SAG-AFTRA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, or EMTM which represents Hollywood studios and steamer, streamers, including NBC's parent company. Three sources familiar to the negotiations tell NBC News that progress was made on numerous issues during Thursday's negotiation, with one source saying, it feels like the end is in sight. Second source said, there's enormous pressure on both sides to get a deal done. The two of those three sources say that Friday's meeting had been challenging. One saying, it's a volatile situation. Both sides are far apart on some issues. NBC News has reached out to both SAG-AFTRA and Anthem for comment. Talks did not result in a deal Friday night and in a statement to members on Friday morning. The union's TV theatrical negotiating committee said we completed a full and productive day working internally and will continue into the weekend. The committee added, we thank you for the incredible solidarity and support you have shown our pickets and across the country all week long. Early Friday morning, SAG-AFTRA wrote on X, Today we passed the Comprehensive Counter-Access 
across the table to the CEOs, and while talks for the day have ended, our committee just finished working internally tonight. August U.S. Jobs Report. Estimated that over 17,000 jobs had been lost. 17,000, huh? SAG-AFTRA's President Fran Drescher told NBC News at the time that the union had proposed that the streamers pay 57 cents per subscriber for a three-year deal. Sarandos publicly slammed the suggestion, saying that it would cost AMPTP over eight hundred million dollars annually. Figure that Drescher said was exaggerated. All sources said that Friday's talks were primarily centered in. So it's uh, gotten down to a simple case of of wealth. Of course a big part of it is quality of life. One of the most surprising things we've learned during this strike is how close to the margin some of the people in the industry are living. So this is a fight for those things. How about the UAW? UAW See if we can get UAW up here. Ford UAW reached tentative deal to end strike, including record pay raise. And um, well, let's get that UAW page up here. And I'll just read it. Technical. UAW reaches tentative agreement on record contract with Ford Motor Company. UAW family, I'm excited and honored to be joined today by Vice President Chuck Browning as we announce a major victory in the stand-up strike. Today, we reached a tentative agreement with Ford. For months, we've said that record profits mean record contracts. And UAW family, our stand-up strike has delivered. What started at three plants at midnight on September 15th has become a national movement. We knew we were getting close, but we also knew 
the companies needed a major push if we were going to make sure we got every penny possible in this agreement. So we took our strike to a new phase and hit the companies with maximum effect. On Monday, we called on our UAW family at Sterling Heights Assembly to stand up. That is Stellantis' biggest and most profitable plant. On Tuesday, our UAW family at Arlington Assembly answered the call and they went out on strike, shutting down GM's biggest and most profitable plant. Ford knew what was coming for them on Wednesday if we didn't get a deal. That was checkmate. On day 40 of the stand-up strike, we reached a historic agreement. As you know, in our union, the members are the highest authority. That means we have a process for ruling out the details of the agreement and making sure every member gets a chance to make an informed decision. So here are the next steps. First, we have reached a tentative agreement with Ford. Next, your elected leadership in the UAW National Ford Council is going to come to Detroit on Sunday, October 29th. They will vote on whether to send the agreement to the membership. If the council votes to approve the agreement, then that evening we will be hosting a special Facebook Live with all of you to go through the deal in detail. Your national negotiators and staff are working tirelessly right now to get the highlighters, the change pages, and white books together. Our goal is to have those ready and available digitally for all of you to access online on Sunday night. Following the council vote and the Facebook Live, we'll hold regional meetings to walk through the agreement with local leadership. And then locals will hold informational meetings to get your questions answered. After that, it'll be up to the members to vote on the deal. We're going to let that democratic process take its course but we also wanted to provide you with some key takeaways of this historic agreement. Our union has united in a way we haven't seen in years. From the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico, our members came together to tell the big three with one voice that record profits mean a record contract. Thanks to the power of our members on the picket line and the threat of more strikes to come, we have won the most lucrative agreement per member since Walter Ruther was president. Between wage increases, COLA, annual bonuses to retirees, and other economic gains, there is more value for our members in each individual year of this agreement than the entirety of the 2019 agreement. This deal puts more money on the table than the 2019 agreement four times over. So when we say historic, we mean it. We have won a 25% general wage increase over the course of this agreement. With COLA, we expect the top wage rate to increase by over 30% to above $40 an hour. Our starting wage rate will rise 68%. For decades, Temps at the Big Three have been abused and exploited. Over the life of the contract, temps will see raises of over 150%.
Some of our lower tier members at Sterling Axel and Rawsonville will see an immediate 85% raise upon ratification. UAW members at Ford will receive more in straight general wage increases over the next four and a half years than we have over the last 22 years combined. At ratification, Ford workers will receive an immediate 11% wage increase. That's almost equal to all of the wage increases since 2007 combined. We also won back some core things that we had lost over the years. We have won back our 2009 COLA. We have won back a three-year progression which we have not seen since before the Great Recession. We have killed the divisive wage tier at Sterling Axel in Rawsonville. We have finally added to our pension multiplier and provided more for retirement for current retirees, members with pensions, and members with 401ks. And on top of that, we made historic advances in job security. For the first time ever, we won the right to strike over plant closures. For decades, that was an impossible demand, but through the power of the stand-up strike, we have made it a reality. That means they can't keep devastating our communities and closing plants with no consequences. Together, we have made history. When we say we made history, we don't just mean me and Chuck or our national negotiators. We mean we, the UAW. We mean the stand-up strikers of Local 900 Michigan Assembly who took the first step. Our family at Local 551 Chicago Assembly who brought the noise. And our UAW family at Kentucky Truck Plant, Local 862, who landed the biggest blow. And just as importantly, we mean all of you who stayed on the job by being ready to stand up at a moment's notice you gave your national negotiators the power they needed to get this deal done everything we did at the bargaining table every extra hundred million we got the company to give up was because of you the members and the next steps are also up to you because the members are the highest authority in our union. We send this contract to you because we know it breaks records. We know it will change lives. But what happens next is up to you all. Here's the next phase in our stand-up strike. We are calling on all Ford strikers to go back to work while we vote on our tentative agreement. Like everything we've done in this stand-up strike, this is a strategic move to get the best deal possible. We're going back to work at Ford to keep the pressure on Stellantis and GM. The last thing they want is for Ford to get back to full capacity while they mess around and lag behind. Members will be receiving further instructions on the process for returning to work soon. Members are the highest authority, and you decide what happens next, not us. So now that we've announced a tentative agreement, or TA, we will be bringing the UAW National Ford Council to Detroit. This is our union's democracy at work. 
The Ford Council is the next line in the chain after our national negotiators. They'll review the details of the agreement and vote on whether to send it to the full membership in the next several days. Following the vote of the council, we'll put the full change pages and the contract highlights online, and we'll hold a Facebook Live to dig into the details. After that, the members vote. I want to be clear. We told Ford to pony up, and they did. We won things nobody thought was possible. Since the strike began, Ford put 50% more on the table than when we walked out. This agreement sets us on a new path to make things right at Ford, at the big three, and across the auto industry. Together, we are turning the tide for the working class in this country, but the decision isn't up to us. Every UAW member of Ford will get a vote on this deal and the majority rules. So we'll go through our process, we'll discuss and debate, and we'll move forward together as a united UAW back in the fight to save the American dream. Okay, and that was uh, John Fain, president of the UAW, and Chuck Browning, the, the uh, vice president, talking about the historic settlement. Does it look like the tide is turning? Does it look like labor is finally asserting itself? How bad did things have to get? In, in the case of Ford, the union had given up like, things like pensions and COLA. They'd given up the right to protest a plant closing, and they won all, all that back. So congratulations to Ford for having the brains to see the writing on the wall and sign on with it. And we're still looking to see our uh, I don't know. We're not getting any action. Okay. Little Rye Cooter. I left my home in Tamaulipas. In Sonoita, I came across. There was but six of us when we started Walking behind the Coyote Boss Man's name was Javier He didn't look right to me He said keep on walking, get your coke jug
me go along with you Yes, I'm old, but I'm mighty tough
a long-haired preacher's come out every night. I try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, uh, they will answer in voices so sweet. You will eat, you will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, way up high, work and pray. Live on hay. Uh, you get by in the sky when you die, that's a lie. The starvation army they play. And they shout and they clap and they pray. Uh, when they got all your coins on the drum, uh, they will tell you when you're on the bomb. You will eat, you will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, way up high, work and pray. Uh, live on hay. Uh, you get by in the sky when you die, that's a lie. Holy rollers and jumpers come out. And they roll and they jump and they shout. I give your money to Jesus, they say. And you lead on that glorious day. You will eat, you will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, where I work and pray. Live on hay. You get by in the sky when you die. That's right. Working folks of all countries unite. Side by side, we for freedom will fight. When this world and its wealth we have gained, back to the grafters will sing this refrain. You and me, by and by, when you learn how to cook and how to fry, chop some wood, do you good. dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. In Salt Lake Joe, by God, says I, him standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I ain't dead, says Joe, but I ain't dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I. Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe. I didn't die, says Joe. I didn't die. And standing there as big as life and smiling with his eyes, Joe says, got to kill went on to organize went on to organize 
Joe Hill ain't dead, he says to me. Joe Hill ain't never died. Where working men are out on strike, Joe Hill is at their side. Joe Hill is at their side. From San Diego up to Maine, in every mine and mill, when workers strike and organize, that's where you'll find Joe Hill. That's where you'll find Joe Hill. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. so many other people did at the time Joe Hill came to the United States and he worked all over the country many years you know the basic jobs you could get then you know dishwashing, labor, all, all kinds of manual labor. And let's see, I'm trying to get, Joe Hill was also a songwriter, and that song we heard about the preacher and the slave is one of the classic labor songs. classic labor song of there'll be pie in the sky when you die. Okay, don't worry about what's going on here. Okay, these are these are just imaginary things. They're in your mind. Okay? Keep calm. Keep within yourself. Don't worry about externals, the external situation. 
Well, of course, that's what religious people often tell you. Okay, this is the city of the city of man and the city of God are different. But when you die, everything will be okay. Well, when you die, I mean, who knows if it's going to be okay? There'll be pie in the sky when you die, and then Joe Hill says that's a lie. That's a lie. Joe Hill ended up in Colorado in the copper mine, working in the copper mine. Um, and you know a ballad called uh, Long Black Veil? Joe Hill got involved in a situation like that where he was wounded and all he had to do was name a witness who would place him somewhere away from the crime scene, but he wouldn't do it. A lot of people thought that it was the reason that he wouldn't do it was because it was a woman and maybe uh, a woman with a husband or a boyfriend or... Anyway, Joe Hill refused to name a witness and he was summarily executed in Colorado and Utah left behind a little poem that said, organize, organize. Another famous song he wrote was the, Deno the Rebel Girl, writing about Helen Gurley Flynn, IWW uh, uh, organizer. So Joe Hill and Joan Baez saw fit to, during a big rock concert, famous rock concert at Woodstock, New York, Joan Baez saw fit to sing the song of Joe Hill that you just heard Ronnie Gilbert sing. Dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night. Joan Baez somehow figured out that all these young people organized great percentage of them were the workers of the next generation. And I think she wanted to call their attention to the fact that, yes, you know, rock and roll concerts and everything, band, your favorite band, what really was happening was that you were going to be a worker in a few years. What are you going to do about that? Okay, let's listen to some labor history now. October 24th, eight hours for work, eight hours for rest.
any cooperation. Let's turn it off.
Okay, well, we're having our tech problems. Uh, Joe Hill was our was our subject, so we can read some more about him. And Emma Goldman. Who was Emma Goldman? Most dangerous woman in America, she was called. December morning in 1919, just after 4 a.m., Emma Goldman, her companion Alexander Berkman, and more than 200 other foreign-born radicals were roused from their Ellis Island dormitory beds. In the freezing darkness, the deportees began a journey into exile. Thrown out of the United States for her opposition to the First World War, and especially for her political beliefs, Goldman claimed she was proud to be selected for the honor of deportation. Privately, she was devastated. One does not live in a country 34 years and... Well, okay, we're listening. We're missing Emma Goldman. system and I'll tell you the reason why it has caused me so much suffering and my dearest friends to die well I know you all are wondering what it has done to me Well I am going to 
tell you that my husband has TB brought on by hard work and low wages and never enough to eat from going cold and hungry with no shoes upon his feet my husband was a coal miner who worked hard and risked his life just trying to support three children himself his mother and wife well i had a blue-eyed baby was a darling of my heart but from my little darling her mother had to part while the rich and mighty capitalist goes dressed in jewels and silk my darling blue-eyed baby has died for the want of milk well they call this land of plenty and for them i guess it's true for the rich and mighty capitalists not for workers like me and you well now what can we do about it to these men of power and might well i tell you mr capitalist we are going to fight 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 that was barbara dane Staunch anti-capitalist performer, a woman who could have made uh, lots of money as a folk singer or as member that sort of soft leftist feeling in the fifties, although it wasn't soft. Uh, if she had build that niche, but she chose not to. She chose to keep her music personal, keep the management of her music personal, and uh, keep singing truth to power. America, amazing career. Barbara Dane. Well, we're getting toward the end of the day here. And it hasn't been labor history in two.
Labor history in two is not coming through. So let's play Buffy St. Marie, huh? Power in the blood. <laughs> Cutting my own way through my own day, and all I dare say is it's my own. I got my own seeds, I got my own weeds, I got my own harvest that I've sown. Now I can tell you things I've done. And I can sing you songs I've sung But there's one thing I can't give I and I alone can live The years I've known And the life I've grown I got a way I'm going And it's my way I get my own in my own game, I got my own name, and it's my way. I got my own wrong, I got my own right, I got my own fight, and it's my way. I got my own peace, I got my own wrath, I got my own path that only I can go. It's all on your own I got my own world I got my own life I got my own strife And it's my way I got my own kiss I got my own kin I got my own sin And it's my way Glory all on your own one day. 
And with that, time for us to get out of here. This is Labor and Love, and you've been listening to me, even though I'm sitting at 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida. Mutiny Radio. See how we can go out here. Please stay tuned for Scott Walker and go down to Los Jarritos and have a real Mission District lunch. That's true. Scott says, or breakfast, and he's absolutely right. Chilaquiles, he recommends. I second the motion. This is the Labor and Love show where we tell is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is where you work, you're on the menu. Never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Have a good week and good work. through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit faced McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste every Monday at 6 p.m. It's Joe p.m. It's Joke Workshop, streaming live on MutinyRadio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street, 
at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Bottomer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, bested Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on... Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. Two seven eight one Twenty First Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. Dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. FM. Here in SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for tea time.
That's titans of comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking. L.S.D. Fab. Acid and fapping. Fapping and acid. Acid fapping. Fapping and acid. Fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. San Francisco. Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. Mutiny Radio. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. And I started to do some thinking. I did it on the freeway. I really, really.